Welcome to BA Chats. We're so happy that you guys are listening. I'm Rachel Koontz. And I am Kevin Koontz, and you have tuned in to the best darn podcast ever there was. I'm not going to argue with you. (laughs) Just a little bit about BA Chats. We are firm believers in testimonies. Testimony means do it again, God. So anything that you hear that Jesus is doing anywhere, not just on BA Chats, but anywhere on the planet, on Lur Planet, the French would say, if you hear it and the Holy Spirit's doing it, guess what? That's an invitation for you to say, God, do it again in me. Yeah. How are you going to do that in me? Yeah. So we are intentionally throwing the doors wide open. For everyone to have beautiful just encounters with Jesus and hearing the voice of the Lord and the yeah. presence of the Holy Spirit and walking in signs and wonders and laying hands on folks and seeing them healed. My goodness, you can just almost, you got to be trying not to notice this happening on our planet. If you're not noticing it happening on our planet, beautiful things are going on yeah. all over the place. Jesus is knocking at the door. <laughs> oh, it has to knocking he's knock, the, knock, knocking knocking on, on him. Yeah. So, <laughs> I guess we would be knocking on the door. He's knocking on the door of your heart saying, I'm ready to come into this area. <laughs> it's true. Well, our guest this week is coming in the door. There you go. But yeah. he, he's basically just what we were talking about. Dion Demola, my goodness, a man that we love, a first year student at Bassam. A friend from church, and oh my goodness, Dion, your story. Wow. Welcome to BA Chats. We're so happy you're here. I'm so happy to be here. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we're just going to jump in um, and tell us a little bit about where you're coming from, because honestly, from uh, uh, where you're coming from to where you are now is so inspiring. I might boohoo a little bit. I'm just going to tell you what's going on. For the the sake of time, I'll I'll go through this really quick. I'll just open up my chest and let y'all see my heart, see my soul. And I will become a glass house right now. So you can see everything. The glass house. (laughs) We will be listening. And so I will start and make it raw. (laughs) I like it. Do what you got to do, man. I like it. All right. So I will start. um, I will start before I met God. And uh, this, at this point in my life, I was 23 years old. And for the past three to four years at this point in my life, I had been trafficking drugs. I had been selling drugs. I had been trafficking it up and down the East Coast. I was selling drugs at one point in five different states. And um, slowly but surely, the federal government was building a case on me. Um, people were getting arrested, and they were, they were telling on me and, and just building one big case on me. And... So I was in this girl's apartment in Dunwoody in Atlanta and uh, I, was walking, I was walking by her mirror in her bathroom and I, I look over at the mirror and I don't recognize the guy in the mirror. Like I, I literally cannot recognize myself. I'm looking at this guy in the mirror and it's just, I can't, I'm looking and I'm looking and I'm like, who is this guy? Like what happened? I think God opened my eyes just for a minute to see how I truly looked and everything. And I remember uh, I just... I started crying in that moment because I was like, how did I let myself go so far? And um, I lifted my hands up and I just, I'm crying and I said, God, I don't know if you're real. I said, help. I said, if you don't do something, I'm going to die. I said, I'm either going to kill myself or somebody else is going to come and do it because I was messing with some really shady people at that point in my life, just some really dangerous people. And, um, And that was my prayer. You know, I didn't even know it was a prayer at the time, but I just called out to God 
before I knew him. And then that exactly the next day, that next morning, I get arrested. I get arrested by the federal government. Whoa. And And of course, you didn't know that there was a case against you when you when you prayed. Oh, no, no, I didn't. I didn't know any of that. I thought I was uh, above the law. I thought I was invisible because I was selling stuff. I wasn't really selling nothing in in Georgia. I sold everything in other states. So I thought, you know, I was like, man, I ain't selling nothing at home. They don't they can't see me not doing nothing here. Whoa. And I didn't know nothing about the federal government in (laughs) their range of uh, (laughs) of view. Wow. (laughs) So and I didn't know about these other people testifying against me. Um, So I got arrested. And my my, the thing on the Alpha Day Alpha David um, said Alpha David, it said the United States of America versus Dion Demola, and then I knew it was serious. I was like, wow. that is serious. And so, long story short, I catch ten years in federal prison. So, I did. 10 years in federal prison. <laughs> but uh, I went, um, I actually did eight years and nine months. I didn't, I didn't have to do the whole sentence because I had good time and everything like that because sure. I didn't really get in trouble and stuff while I was there. But uh, I forgot all about the prayer. And about six months or six years, six years into the sentence, um, I had, I hurt myself. I was working out on the weight pile. I herniated some discs in my back. And I was in extreme pain, and I was in this pain for, for a year. I was in constant pain. Like, it hurt to bend over. It hurt to tie my shoes. It hurt to sit down. It hurt to lay down. It hurt. There was no comfortable position with this, with this condition. And I was just like, man, what is, it, what is worth living if you're in pain all the time? Like, wow. it's not worth living. And I walked by this Christian brother, uh, Chris, Chris Cloud. He's my best friend now. <laughs> and uh, go figure. But That's I walked so by him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I walked by him and uh, he said, hey, Dion, what's wrong? I said, man, my back is killing me, man. I said, I got this pain. I've been going through it for a year. The doctors aren't doing nothing to help me. I said, I don't know what to do, man. I'm just hopeless. And he sat me down and he began to talk to me about Jesus. And he began to talk to me about uh the ability of God to heal and everything like that. And I was so desperate at this point in my life and just so wanted to be out of this pain that I was just eating it up and I was just listening. And he was like, well, do you want me to pray for you? If I pray for you, Jesus is going to heal you. I said, man, whatever you Christian people do, just do it, dude. Just whatever it is, just do it. And so he prayed for me and I was like, well, that's nice. And nothing really happened in the moment. I thought. So I left, and uh, about three days later, the pain was a little less. The fourth day, it was even less. I was like, oh, man, it's a, it's a good day. It's a really good day. And by that fifth day, all pain was gone, completely gone. Wow. And then now, all of a sudden, I'm convicted. Like I'm like, oh, there is a God. He's real. I need to get saved. <laughs> <laughs> so I run down to the prison chapel. And I kick open the doors. It's like a movie and stuff. I kick open the doors and I, I just yell out, I need to get baptized. <laughs> and like all the people in the building turn around like, what in the world is this guy talking about? <laughs> but then they saw I was serious and they're like, oh, we might need to go talk to this guy. So they told me that they were going to do baptisms in three weeks. And so in between the healing and the baptism, I had this dream. And then in the dream, two people were trying to baptize me. My friend Chris was trying to baptize me, and the pastor of the church of the prison was trying to baptize me. But it was such a vivid dream. I had never had a dream that was so real, so surreal, and so vivid that I knew there was something about it. I was like, man, there's something about that. So I went to the guy Chris, 
because I didn't know nothing about anything spiritual. So I went to him and I said, man, I had this crazy dream last night. You were trying to baptize me. The pastor was trying to baptize me. I don't know what it means. And he's like, well, you know, there's two baptisms. <laughs> and I was like, what? What does that mean? <laughs> what are you talking about? What are you what talking about? I just overheard you talking about the first baptism. Yeah. What are you talking about? <laughs> I haven't even got wet yet. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> but uh, so he was like, he gave me this book called Walk of Spirit, Walk of Power. And it was by a guy named Dave Roberson out in Oklahoma. And uh-huh. so I read the book and I'm happy to hear that name. I hadn't heard Dave Roberson in a long time. Mm-hmm. Man, he's a good guy. He's a blessing. Yeah, yeah. Man, he used to tell these stories about how he used to walk by this children's hospital and every day he'd be like, I'm gonna walk in that hospital and I'm gonna empty that hospital one day. <laughs> and he was just man, he's a he's a good guy. Yeah. But uh it's a great declaration. Yeah. <laughs> so I read the book and in the book he was talking about this uh baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I was like, I went back to Chris, and I was like, yeah, I can believe that. Yeah, yeah, sure, I can believe that. I mean, God just supernaturally healed me. So, yeah, yeah, we can do this. I said, but let me get baptized in water first, and then we'll do this Holy Spirit thing. So the three weeks goes by. I get baptized in water. And the funny thing is, at the baptism in the church, the water baptism, the pastor of the church, the uh, pastor of the prison church was on one side and Chris was on the other side. And when I came out of the water, they both helped me out of the water. Wow. So like in oh, that's dream. pretty cool. Yeah, that's oh, pretty man, cool, too. We got a picture so of it. Great. So God did. He's many multifaceted wisdom and just awesome. Oh, so yeah. awesome. But uh, so that was on November 13th, 2011. That's when I got saved. That's the day I got baptized in water and then came around December 11th, 2011. I was like, I went to Chris and I was like, okay, I'm ready. I'm ready to do this Holy Spirit thing, whatever this is. And so he grabbed five uh, church brothers, you know, and we're walking out to this little secluded area. He didn't want to do it at the church. I didn't know why. And uh, he was like, we'll just go over here, you know, away from everybody in the secluded area. So I'm following these five guys out to this little area, this prayer ground or whatever. And I'm thinking in my head, I'm like, man, I'm like, this is weird. Like, why are we going over here? I mean, what if nothing happens? What is what does tongues even sound like? Like, I didn't even know what tongues sound like, so I couldn't fake it. I was like, man, maybe I could, f- no, I can't do that. I don't know what this sounds like, so I can't really do that. I was like, well, if this is real, it's authentic. If it's authentic, then it's going to be real. Like, I, there's no way to get around it. Like, so I'm, I'm nervous now. I'm like, I don't even know what's about to happen. And we go out here into this field or this little place, and uh, they make a circle around me. And Chris says, lift your hands up and close your eyes. So I lift my hands up. I close my eyes. It's not a good idea to close your eyes in prison, but I do it anyway in faith. <laughs> <laughs> Especially surrounded by five all dudes. over the place. Yeah. <laughs> they have taken you off to an, a, a quiet place. Yeah, they, we went against all the rules of prison etiquette. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> prison etiquette. Do not go do off not. with five guys, big guys. In a secluded <laughs> area and close your eyes. <laughs> <laughs> just don't do it dude <laughs> that's like yeah. that's in the welcome brochure when you yeah. come in there like, you're not supposed to do that but I'm trying this so new faith funny. thing out I'm walking in faith so I'm doing the faith thing so I close my eyes and I put my hands up and he says receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit and he touches my forehead and he says if you if you feel anything to start to come up or you want to say anything just just let it go just let it out just speak whatever comes up so I get, I close my eyes and I'm, I'm just, I start to breathe out like in these breath, breathy uh, words start to come out of my head. 
and it starts to form syllables, and I'm like, and then it starts to form words, and I'm like, and then now, and then it starts to increase, and then I'm pouring out, like I'm just calling out so loud. I'm like, and I'm thinking in my mind, what? in the world is this and I'm jesus like, is singing i've got a river of life nowhere <laughs> yes, <that's> right. <laughs> i have no idea what's going on at this point i'm like wow. this is crazy wow i'm calling out i'm just pouring out from this soul that i don't even know that i have the depths of some <laughs> other realm are just coming out of me like it's literally coming from some place that i have didn't even know existed that's like it's wonderful. coming from somewhere deep Wow. And I'm just calling out, Breshi Randala Kerontoresita. And then I'm thinking, well, how long is this going to last? This is crazy. I'm in prison. People probably think I'm crazy. <laughs> so, like, forever. Forever. <laughs> I'm forever. I'm the crazy dude now. Yep, that's me. <laughs> so I finally come out of it after about a couple minutes five, five, six, seven minutes, something like that. And now I'm drunk. Like, I'm off balance. I can't catch my balance. I'm, like, tripping over my own feet. I'm tripping <laughs> over their feet. They're trying to catch me and hold me steady. They finally, finally get me steady or whatever, and, and I'm stabilized. And I'm like, wow. And they all look at each other and they're like, whoa. They're like, man, that was crazy. That didn't happen when I got baptized. What was that? That was a good one. Huh? That was a good one. <laughs> hey, hey, I'd give that testimony to a couple of people after that experience that were thought they had received, the, you know, the baptism, whatever. And the one guy, he came up to Chris and was crying. He's like, that didn't happen to me. I don't think I really received it. <laughs> and uh, and then so they went out there and did the same thing. And he had like that kind of a powerful experience also. And so it was this real good great. and everything like that. This Not saying wonderful. that. That's the cookie cutter way, but you know, that was the, how it happened to me. Sure. Awesome. So, so and you get the baptism in prison. In prison, three weeks after water baptism. Whoa. I just go right right in, straight off the rip. I just awesome. Just go. In. I don't know any other way. So. Awesome, because of a dream that you had two different baptisms. Gosh. Yeah. This is great, Dean. I I mean, God speaks to me so much in dreams, so <sighs> much in dreams, because now. I'm praying in tongues because the book told me praying tongues a lot. So I'm praying in tongues like <laughs> praying tongues off. five hours a day. And I'm, I'm, you know, clocking it on my watch, not to say, hey, look what I did, just to say, you know, just to make sure I'm doing it. Sure. And then I was, I was like, uh, I was like, God, is this really doing anything? Like, man, I mean, I'm doing this awful lot. This would be an awful lot of wasted time if this doesn't do anything. Oh, wow. So I had a dream that night. And in the dream, I was in front of a big, 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 gorgeous olive tree. And on both sides of the olive tree, there was two pots with fire coming out of them. And they was just blazing this fire. And I was on my knees in front of this olive tree doing a ritual. I was pouring this olive, this oil, back and forth into these two cups. And when I stopped doing the ritual, the fires went down, the flames went down. Then once I started doing the ritual again, the flames fired up, and they were real, real, real bright. And then I woke up. And the ritual is oil ritual in two was, jars back and forth, yeah. two cups back and forth? Yeah. Oh, so my gosh. I asked the, the interpretation, the Holy Spirit was like, Praying tongues, it's not saying it's a ritual, but it's a ritual is at the interpretation, you know, so I know what he's talking about, symbolism. Sure. So the ritual of praying in tongues or the process of praying in tongues, he said it keeps the fire burning. It keeps the oil inside of you and it keeps, it just keeps you the fire burning and stuff like that. (laughs) So I knew I was doing the right thing at this point. So I kept praying in tongues, kept pressing forward. Awesome. So I am literally lit on fire fire like i am out of control yeah like, life is not the same life is not that. the same from that day forward it's over like i'm literally 
out of control. <laughs> and uh, Great. I, I'm praying in tongues so much. And then uh, two guys went to two different Bible colleges, and they had the correspondence material. They had the study material. I didn't have but two years left in my sentence, so I couldn't go to four years of Bible college corresponding back and forth with assignments. But I was like, I want this material. I want to absorb all this information. I was, I was like, you know, um, that movie Short Circuit where Johnny Five, he was like, uh, input, input, input. Like, more input. More I was like, input. I need more input. Need more <laughs> input. <laughs> input, input. So I was sucking all this from everybody I could find. I was like, tell me about Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. I need more, 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 more. And there was actually a guard there. There was a guard there that prayed in tongues who had been baptized in the Holy Spirit for three, three year, uh, 30, 30 years. I think it was 30 years. Oh, wow. And, um, I was just gleaning off of this dude. Like every time I got around him, he was a pastor for a little while. I was like, what does this mean? What does this mean? What does this mean? What does this mean? I was like a little two-year-old. <laughs> and what does that mean? And what does that mean? And I was doing that to him and Wonderful. Chris. And um, and then I was taking the, the reading cool. the study material for these yeah. two different Bible colleges. One was Rhema, uh, Kenneth, Kenneth Hagen, Hagen. Kenneth yeah. Hagen's Bible College. And the other one was Grace Ministries out of Ohio by this Great. guy named Jim Martin. Wow. And um and that's what I'm doing. Like the last two years of my time were literally consumed by God. I woke up thinking about God. I woke awesome. up praying in tongues. I went and started reading my Bible. I went back to my job. I went to the library. I did these Bible colleges. I went to dinner. I went and started reading other books. I read uh, Wigglesworth books, Bill Johnson books, Hagen books. All these different people's books and stuff like that. Graham Cook's books. And I'm just, loving that this is all in the library. And it's all in the accessible. Prison. There's revival in prison. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Well, I guess if you got all that material, you yeah. couldn't help but have revival in prison. Yeah. Somebody's well, the, getting saved. The guys, the guys, they put back. You know, they the ones that got filled in uh, the ones that were doing this, whatever. They left everything there for the guys coming after them. Awesome. And they kept planting seeds in the guys and just making sure there was always a core group of guys that could pass it on to the next group of guys that came in. Father, and we bless them even now. We just say more and more and more for those precious people now, wherever they are now, just burn them up in Jesus' name in the mm. very best way. Bless yeah. them, bless them, bless them. Amen. Awesome. So I'm doing all this, and I'm about to get out of prison, and um, my, my beginning walk with the Holy Spirit, and I'll tell you this real quick. And um, so I had to do a Bible study. Chris made us do Bible study, and then he made us eventually teach uh, one time or whatever. And I had two scriptures that connect. I had a whole first half of the Bible study and the whole second half of the Bible study, but I didn't have the scripture that connected the two. I knew they connected, but I didn't know how. So I went to this guy, Maurice. This guy, Maurice, was he knew the Holy Spirit better than I had ever heard of anybody knowing him. Like, he knew the Holy Spirit's voice so well that one day he was riding his motorcycle before he got locked up. And the Holy Spirit said, lay down your bike. And he immediately laid down his bike, and it saved his life. Like, he slid right behind a truck, and he would have he slammed right into the side of that truck if he didn't lay down his bike when he did. And he, he was just Gosh. that comfortable with the Holy Spirit's voice and knew if the Holy Spirit was speaking, do it immediately. And it saved his life. Awesome. So I was like, man. And he always used to say, he said, we're walking Ark of the Covenants. Oh. That's what he used to refer <laughs> to us on. as. We're, we're walking, walking Ark of the Covenants. <laughs> And wow. I loved that saying. And I was like, yes, I am. <laughs> <laughs> and Spirit. I'm on fire. Yes, yeah. I'm a walking Ark of the Covenant on fire. So <laughs> I am on Smokey the Bear's most wanted list. <laughs> I am that guy. <laughs> I am that guy. Oh, it's fun. So I told him, I was like, will you meet me in the library and tell me how these two scriptures meet or connect? And he was like, he's like, yeah, sure, sure. I'll meet you there. And so I go to meet him there, and he immediately says, 
Holy Spirit told me I can't help you. He said, go ask him. He'll tell you how to do it. And I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> it's like that yes. sucks <laughs> come on man come on bro like this is supposed to be easy so that began my relationship with the holy spirit of course the holy spirit connected the two verses and did way much more oh, you know always so and always, then always he is he is about doing way much more oh yeah. yeah oh yeah and i mean that started a love a love relationship right there every night after that point Right before I, uh, Justin said something about this the other day that reminded me of this story. I didn't remember until until he said something the other day. But every night, right before I went to sleep, uh, that la- about the last year I was in prison, the whole I would be thinking about. Of course, I was thinking about God. And right before I fell asleep, the Holy Spirit would surge through my body with this energy, and it'd go all the way from my toes all the way up through my chest, through my body. And it would just be this energy. And it was, just, it was like, and then while he did it, it, it sounded like I was underneath a waterfall. Just, and it just, and this energy would just surge through me. And I just felt his presence just resting upon me. And then I would fall asleep. And he did that for a year. And just let me know, feel his, feel his presence and everything yeah. like that. We had, a, we had a friend that um, used to lead worship with us in Texas. His name was Todd Seal. And he, he had a similar experience in, in, in prison. prison. Wow. And, and he would, he he said, literally he would go to bed and he would just, he would sit in his cell in his bed and he said, he would just, sh- the power of God would just hit him and he would just shake. Mm. Like I think the presence of God, is, like he's everywhere. Everybody, you know, thinks that you're condemned to this place in a jail and God's like, no, I'm, I'm going to get him there too. I want to oh, get yeah. him. I want to get him everywhere. Yeah. 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 So anyway, anyway, I just wanted to share that. Awesome. I thought that was That's awesome. <laughs> this is so Hope cool. Listen, Todd, we miss you. Yeah. We love you, man. <laughs> we do miss you. We do, we do. <laughs> Where are you, bro? <laughs> All right, I forgot about um, the healing thing. Where the healing began? Because obviously, you know, God uses me a lot in that area. Oh, my gosh. So I need to start with the foundation of where that began. Okay. Of course, right. it began with my healing. Of course, the back and everything like that. When you start on a miracle, you tend to believe in miracles. Right. You know? <laughs> it just goes, goes with it, you know? Yeah. And uh, you got born again because you got healed. Yes. Whoa. So I just thought that's how it was. Yeah. So um, a couple weeks after, a couple months after I got born or saved and everything, like filled with the Holy Spirit, my aunt developed bone cancer and it got really bad and everything like that. And I was praying one night in my cell. I was praying in tongues and uh, I was thinking about her and I was praying about other things. And then uh, I just got this, I'd read in a book that if you start having laughter or whatever, then it's a note of victory. So I, I just started laughing uncontrollably. Like, it just hit me. Like, I didn't cause it or try to make it happen or whatever. I was just praying or whatever. And I just start laughing uncontrollably for, like, five or ten minutes, like, hysterically. People walking by thought I was crazy. And so I thought that I uh, correlated, I assumed that it meant that she was healed. Sure. So I wrote this two-page letter to her and gave it to my mom to give to her um, when she went to go visit her. And she gave her the letter. It really touched her. You know, I told her in the letter, God is going to heal you. I know it. You know, I'm for sure. You know, I just, I just know it. And she dies a week later after she mm. reads this letter. Oh, wow. Mm, that's not awesome. No. So now I'm faced with a choice. You know, God healed me, but then the, immediately the next time when I thought for sure that, you know, it was supposed to be, it wasn't. And, and so I had a choice to make. Is this all fake or is am i imagining this or whatever or you know does god heal like is god good and so i I sat there for a while and i just thought about it for like a day or two and then i made the choice i was like god is good god does heal 
and, and I repented because it was my assumption. I had put God in a box and assumed that because it didn't happen the way I thought it should have happened, that it was gone God's ending, that God let me down or something. But it was actually, I missed it. I assumed something, I read something, and I made uh, just an assumption in my mind. And so I repented of that. I chose God. I told God, I said, I believe in you. I believe in miracles. I believe in healing, and, and I'm going after that. And, of course, you know, I felt a little bad for my mom because I told her all that. But she was like, man, she, she, that letter really touched her. And we got to talk about Jesus and everything like that. And, and I'm sure she got saved in the moment and all that stuff like that. So it could have been all about that. Sure. So. Wow, Dion, test passed. Yeah. Awesome. That test was passed. And immediately after that, God started working in my life, miracles and healings and stuff like that. Because a couple weeks after that, a guy developed uh, the flu. And this flu was jacking people's uh, temperature up. They were developing this fever that they were blacking out. Like it was, was shooting so high so fast. And so this guy, um, this guy in two cells down from me, he got this or whatever. And I remember they were about to put him in quarantine because they didn't want the, the flu to spread to everybody and then have the whole prison broke out with, you know, this high fever sure. and flu. Yeah. Sure. So I knew they were, they were about to take him to the quarantine area and this this this, I don't know, this injustice or this energy, this, it, something came over me. I didn't know at the time. It was the Holy Spirit, but I didn't know it at the time. And I was just like, man, I got to pray for this guy. I got to pray for this guy. I got to pray. I know this guy's going to be healed if I pray for him. So I, I go into a cell. I said, man, I'm going to pray for you. Jesus is going to heal you. And I grabbed his hands, not even thinking about that he was sick or anything like that. I just grabbed his hands and I prayed for him. I commanded it to go in the name of Jesus. And then he left. They took him to quarantine. Now, they were taking these people to quarantine for like five days or something like that until the oh, fever wow. broke and then make sure they were good or whatever. Yeah. Sure. This guy came back that same day. <laughs> and he had a big thousand-watt smile on his face, <laughs> grinning ear to ear. I said, man, what happened? He said, man, and by the time I got there, the fever was gone. All the symptoms were oh, gone. I was completely great. healed. And, and then we started praising Jesus. I bet you <laughs> we did. Like, oh, it's so, so good. good. So that started... That was the mark of the beginning of God can use me. God can use me. I got healed the first time, but now I know God can use me. And there were several other healings uh, that God used me through before I left prison. So I leave prison. I leave prison in July of 2013, and I go to the halfway house in Atlanta, Georgia, and God is just all over me. He's moving through me. I'm, um, I'm praying for people that are getting healed in the halfway house. Uh, this girl's about to get baptized. Um, that Saturday, we convinced her to go to church and get baptized, and then God gave me a vision, and in the vision, she was like, I hate you, Mom, I hate you. I'm praying in tongues one morning, and I get this vision, and then oh, I come wow. out of the vision, and I'm like, man, what was that about? Because I had never had a vision before until that point, and then I see her in the hallway, and she's like, she's crying, and she's like, I hate my mom, I hate my mom. And oh, I was like, wow. oh, the vision was about this. So hmm. I sat her down, I told her about the vision. And I showed her some scriptures about, you know, she's about to get baptized, about to be forgiven of the biggest thing she could be forgiven of. And I showed her the scriptures where it says, you know, God forgive, forgive others so God forgives you and stuff like that. And just, it's in Matthew, Matthew 6 something, 615. Sure. And um, so she, she, I told her, I said, I know it's going to be hard, but you go to God about this and just really ask him to help you with this and just keep doing it over and over by faith and he'll help you and he'll work through it and everything like that. Just go to him about this. So she goes to him. That Saturday, she comes to me. She's like, I forgave her. I forgave oh, her. Great. She gets beautifully baptized the next day. 
Right. So that's in the halfway house. And then there's a Satanist in the halfway house or whatever. He's got actually got a pentagram and everything uh, tattooed on his neck. <laughs> I love this story. And, uh, <laughs> and so, like, I mean, this dude was dark. Like, I mean, when you looked at him, it was just like you were looking into a tunnel. It was like, God, this guy's, like, really, really dark. And so uh, I noticed that. It, no light at the end of that one either. Yeah, it just, his demeanor was dark. It just, he had, like, a darkness about him. And, um. And I I knew he was doing bad, and I knew, like, he was really upset one day on the phone. And I asked him, I was like, hey, bro, what's up, man? And he knew I love Jesus, so <laughs> I don't know why he thought I hated him or something. I, I had this misconception that they think or something. But I said, what's going on? And he said, man, my family turned my ba- their back on me. I don't have no money coming in. I don't, I don't I can't get no stuff, no nothing. So oh, I told wow. him, I was like, man, I said, what do you need? I said, you give me a list of what you need at the store. Next time I'm out, I'll get you what you need. So he was like, why would you do that? I was like, man, because I, I want to, because I have enough, and I just want to help you out. You know, there's no ulterior motives. I just want to love on you and help you out. And he's like, oh, okay, that's weird, but yeah. So I bought him all this stuff, cigarettes and all this stuff that, you know, snacks sure. or whatever, just little stuff. And he was like, well, he said, man, since you did that, you know, just ask me anything, and I'll, I'll do whatever you want, man. Whatever you need, you know, I'll be there for you. And so a thought came to me like uh, a couple days later, and I went to him, and I was like, hey, man, I know what you can do for me. (laughs) And he's like, what, man, whatever it is, I got you. I said, go to church with me. Go to church with me on Sunday. (laughs) And he kind of ducked his head down and mumbled, my word is my word. I'll do it. (laughs) (laughs) Dark, tunnel-y voice. You you got me. (laughs) So he goes to church with me. We go to this little Pentecostal church, and... um, I notice he's shaking and he's ducked down in the pew and he's sweating. <laughs> and I go over and I'm like, dude, what's wrong? And he's like, man, my friends, the Satanists, they told me if I go to church or ever step foot into church, God's going to strike me down with lightning and I'll die. And I was like, <laughs> wow. wow. <laughs> I was like, you need new friends, just saying. Yeah. I was like, well, good thing that's not true. Yeah, no kidding, <laughs> I'm sitting right? awfully close to you, bro. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'd be messed up. <laughs> So I told him, I was like, man, you see everybody in this building? I said, they are nice, as nice, or nicer than I am. And by the end of the night, they'd all give him food. They gave him clothes, <laughs> oh, brand new pair of shoes. And within a couple of weeks, I, he gave his life to Jesus. Wonderful. That darkness turned to light. Every yeah, time now when on. I saw him, he had a smile on his face. He was happy and everything like that. Super happy. Wonderful. And just ecstatic. Wonderful. All this so, going on in a halfway house. Yeah, Dion. yeah. It really wow. wasn't that long ago. Never, yeah, it wasn't really long ago. It was about uh, three four, years, three, three four years, years ago. ago. Yeah. yeah. Okay, that's that's amazing. Okay. So that little Pentecostal church that I told you about that we went to or whatever, I went to there, and the, like the first couple times I went there, there was this guy there, and he he got out of his car and he had a cane, and I got mad for some reason. <laughs> I was like, what? This is a Pentecostal church and this guy's not healed. What's wrong with you people? <laughs> like, I was mad. I was like, this is wrong. These are tongue talking, healing, praying, raising the dead. Pen- y'all are Pentecostal. Like, what is going on in this Pentecostal church? Y'all don't know what's, what is Somebody going on. Somebody needs to get right. <laughs> Somebody needs to get right. Y'all need to go back to Pentecostal school because the gifts are not flowing. This guy's got a cane. He's only like 38. What is wrong here? So it was injustice, man. So once again, that feeling rose up on me like two weeks after that. And I was like, I got to pray for this guy. And luckily that same day, the, pa- the pastor called him up front and was like, brothers, let's pray for him. 
And this guy had been sick for, for a while now, but he was there. But, you know, this pastor wants to pray for him now. So we all get around him. We pray for him. He throws his cane. He had blood spots uh, on his liver, and he had blood clots in his leg. Completely healed. Threw ah, the cane. Never picked great. it back up. Ran up and down the aisles of the church. Great. Completely healed. Great. Man, I was on fire. Great. I was lit up. Great. I was so ecstatic after that. So I get out of the halfway house, and uh, this is where the story turns a little bit. I get out of the halfway house, and now I have no church because I'm on house arrest. I have an ankle bracelet on my uh, ankle. I can't leave the house unless I go to work, work and home. That's all I can do. So I don't have no fellowship. I have no supporters. I have no mentors. I have nothing. I'm just, I'm just at my house. Oh, wow. So I, um, I start to fade away a little bit. You know, I start to fall back a little bit. Yeah, just I'm not reading the word as much. I'm not because I'm working and I'm coming home, so I'm not really reading the word. I'm not really praying in tongues as much and stuff like that. I'm still doing a little bit, but I'm just maintaining. I'm not increasing. And my little nephew, uh, he was living with us at the time. He has spina bifida, uh, spina bifida, I think that's how you say it, mm-hmm. where his uh, ventricles in his back didn't close all the way before he was born, so his legs didn't develop, his muscles in his leg didn't develop, so he can't walk. He has crutches. And he, I'm leaving, and he says, hey, Dion, and he's like six at this time. And I say, what? He said, Dion, will you pretend to be Jesus and heal me? Mm. And man, this crushed me. Mm. Because I had had five dreams in prison of him being healed. And these were God dreams. And when I came out, of course, I was pressing in for that healing. But when he said that, it it hit me so hard. Because I was like, man, why can't I do this? Why can't I get the breakthrough? I felt so bad. I was like, man, it's my fault. I'm supposed to Mm -hmm. get him healed. I can't get him healed. I was blaming myself. And... And I was like, man, he should be healed. And so it just really, this time I didn't make the right choice. Last time I did, and this time I didn't have the fellowship. I didn't, wasn't in praying as much. I didn't have the word. I didn't, wasn't built up in my spirit. I was kind of away from the church. I didn't have community. And I kind of stopped, I kind of stopped for a while. I kind of stopped reading the Bible. I started uh, drinking a little bit. Nothing super major. I started smoking cigarettes, which, you know, I hadn't done in, since way before I went to prison and just just I was I was going back to my old ways but not my old ways like of course I wasn't doing drugs or selling drugs or anything like that because I was on probation and they kept a tight leash on us and they kept an eye on us and and I I knew all that stuff was wrong anyway now you know I was born again I was new I I knew I knew that stuff was wrong so um but I I just wasn't pursuing God like I was and this went on for eight months where I didn't really I didn't pray for anybody I didn't do nothing and uh, I, was, I was living in sin, and it got to a point where I was unrepentive. I just was doing it and wasn't feeling remorseful about it and stuff like that and was just basically going back to my old ways, you know. And, um, and then I got hit. I got hit with sickness. I got super, super sick, like emergency room sick. I went Gosh. to three cardiologists, two neuro- uh, one neurologist. They were running all these tests. They couldn't find nothing wrong with me. I was I was. I was in bad shape, like, I was just having all these weird symptoms and stuff like that, and attacking my body and everything like that, because I'd opened the door, you know, I was living in blatant sin, an open sin, I did some sin that, uh, you know, that I shouldn't have been doing, and, and I, I got, I got hit, and, um, man, it was, it was bad, and when, right after this happened, right after I got sick, my friend Chris called me, and, uh, he had gotten out, and he said, hey, man, you know, there's a, a Bethel Atlanta, and I was like, Bill Johnson Bethel? He was like, yeah. And immediately I ran home. 
I knew I, I, I knew where to go. I had enough in me to know where to go. This is Chris that yeah. actually helped you get baptized in the Holy yeah. Spirit. Yeah. In prison. Right. And, and then he called and me. told you he, about Bethel. Whoa. Yeah, he went to a Jesus Culture concert uh, that uh, August of 2014. And... Um, and I come come to realize, you know, I had all this knowledge. I had God was working through me through all these miracles and all this stuff and everything like that. But I didn't have no depth. I didn't have no character. I didn't have integrity. I had no roots. I had no uh, mentors. I had a whole bunch of knowledge, but I had no experience. I had no I had no process. I was a I was a popsicle stick house, a house made of popsicle sticks. And I was a scarecrow, you know, like it'll scare the crows off for a little while. But when they land on you and start poking on you, mm. they realize there's nothing really in there. Oh, gosh. And, you yeah. know, so I, I took a hit right there. And um, but God is so good. The redemption and the redemptive God is so good because in that moment, I, I, I realized that I didn't have character. And, and God immediately met my desire and came in and we started over. We started from ground zero, and we started to build character. He started to, to teach me things. We first went over abandonment issues. We went over rejection issues. We went over rebellion issues because all these things were from a root cause. So we went over. He went through all these things with me, and then he started teaching me all these things about character, about integrity, about perseverance, about honor, about uh, long-suffering, and all these things that, that uh, a strong Christian should, should have and everything like that. And we did this for three years. We yeah. went through this wow. process for three years of him just coaching me and teaching me and just going in and building me up, my character up and everything like that. I'm going through these experiences and stuff like that. Now, obviously, this is you and he directly. Yes. And is this at church and this reading? Is just through, and, yeah, this okay. is through, uh, I'm still, I'm going to Bethel and um, and he's just going in. Like, we're just attacking. I'm, I'm partnering with him. I take right. his hand and I said, let's do this. Let's go. I partner with you. You show me what to do. You tell me what to do. Let's go. We're going, I'm going to build a strong character. And eventually he forged, uh, my house became a house made of oak. And that scarecrow turned into a warrior. (laughs) (laughs) Great. Warrior. And this has all been happening these past three years. Now people didn't know this. I was in a deep process these past three years. Now God started working through me again. It's not that he stopped working through me. It's just I got in so much self-condemnation and so much self-judgment that I basically put the brakes on myself in the spirit well of course i'm thinking about the parable of the sower and the seed and there was the the kind of seed that took root but it didn't have a root in itself and so Mm. when the sun came Mm. out which a sun is made is designed to help a little plant yeah yeah but so what was goodness it it killed that little plant but just because it didn't have a root in itself yeah so i mean i'm obviously thinking about that and that's just exactly what you're saying confidence in the lord confidence in you and all the beautiful things you just went through. Yeah. Wow, Dion. Yeah. This is wonderful. This is probably the fourth conversation I've had with you in our lives. I'm shocked at this. <laughs> like, I, I guess I, I'd seen you around church and your the testimonies. You always have these beautiful testimonies about healed. This is wonderful. Oh, yeah. The testimonies were there, but God was doing the work on the inside. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we were because going through it on the time. inside. I mean, these yeah. three years, you are seeing signs and wonders yeah. and miracles, but the Lord is building a, he's building a human being. Yeah. yeah, I detached ministry from personal development. And, you know, God is such a paradoxical God. He can work on, he can work on you and work through you as your finished work at the same time. Absolutely. 
absolutely. <laughs> you know, he sees all. you perfect in Christ, but he can also work on you and, and see where you're at in your development and, and make you what you need to be. To meet all those prophetic words, you're that person already, but there's a process to get there. So he can work through you at the end product, but he can also work with you at the same time to build you up. Damn, that's well said. And so at the end of this process, this girl gave me a word, charity cook. And um, this is such a good word, too, man. <sighs> She said, I, you're consumed by God. And she's like, yes, God, consume him more. And she said, I see you as a pewter mug. And now, just like a king fills the chalice with wine, God is going to fill you with his Holy Spirit. <laughs> and so I was like, a pewter mug? Why a pewter mug? So a pewter mug is like 70 or 85 to 90% tin. Tin is too soft to be used to make something and to be durable. So other metals are added to strengthen and make the metal hard. So you can use it to fill it with things and use it as uh, to make jewelry and use it to make cups and everything like that. So these things were added to my life to strengthen me, to make me hard, to make me be able to contain the Holy Spirit and the anointing that God wanted to have within me. Oh, wow. So now this Holy Spirit is being poured into this chalice. (laughs) I am the king's chalice. (laughs) And boy, is it good. Tell us about being the chalice. Chalice walking around Atlanta with legs. So... (laughs) I'll go in real quick on a bunch of some testimonies because we haven't done that. All right, so I go to Bethel, Atlanta. Six months later, I haven't prayed for nobody in six months. I go to a Randy Clark concert. Or concert, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Conference. Concert. Conference, concert, the same thing. So I'm at this conference, and uh, uh, Randy Clark prays for me. I hit the ground so hard. The power of God hits me so hard. I'm shaking. I'm screaming. And then I feel something break in my chest, and I feel something run out the side of my arm. And I'm like, that's it. It's gone. It's delivered. I'm gone. It's, it's gone. And I immediately get off the floor and start praying for people. I hadn't prayed for anybody in seven months, but as soon as that deliverance happened, I start praying for people. I go right in, and I start praying wow. for people. This is amazing. And at that conference, they was like, it was a school, a healing school. And he said, everybody that's sick, stand up. And he said, all right, people that went through the school, go find somebody that's standing up. So I go and I find this guy. And me, two, two little boys go to this guy with me. One boy is nine and one boy is 11. And we ask the guy, we do an interview, we say, what's wrong? And he says, I just had a foot of my colon taken out yesterday. I had surgery. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, my God. Why did I have to pick this dude? Like, <laughs> uh, what? Like, Come on! I was, I like, was hoping you me? had a headache. Yeah, I was like, I was hoping you jammed your toe or something, bro. A foot of your colon. That's awesome. A foot of your colon. Okay, we'll do that. So, I'm the elder of the group uh, as far as the, the people praying, you know, because the guy was older. But the two little kids, I had, you know, <clears throat> yes, this is what we do, young men. Yeah. So I told the young guy, the nine-year-old, I say, you put your hand on his stomach. The 11-year-old, you put your hand on his hand, and I'll put my hand on your hand. And so they pray, man, this was the cutest thing I had ever seen in my life. This little nine-year-old was like, in the name of Jesus, I just command all pain go. Just go right now, Jesus. My heart my heart is melting. I'm like, oh, my God. I was like, there's no way this guy's not healed. This is so beautiful. (laughs) Your colon's back, mister. Yeah. So... Needless to say, the guy starts poking himself. He's completely healed, 100% healed. It's on. I'm going after it now. I go out of there. I go to work a couple weeks later, and um, and I, I'm walking with this, this 300 pounds of water on this cart, and I, I roll the cart up on my foot, and my foot just pops, and my ankle swells up. And so I can't really put no weight on that foot, and I go home. And I'm like, my mom's like, what's wrong? I was like, man, my ankle's jacked up. I said, I'm not going to be able to go to work tomorrow. 
And then I look at her and I'm like, you can pray for me and it'll get better. And she's like, okay. And yeah, so we're holding hands. <laughs> you go, mom. Yeah, look, this is my mom. Yeah, you say you love her, but here we go. So we're holding hands. And after about a minute, she's not praying. And I open one of my eyes and I'm like, are you going to pray? She's like, oh, me? Oh, no, 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 no. I thought you were going to pray. <laughs> it's like, what does that make sense? That doesn't make sense. I'm the one hurt. <laughs> so, I told you to pray. I said, you pray. <laughs> so needless to say, I was like, Holy Spirit told me what to do. I said, all right, I'm going to pray. You just pray exactly what I pray after me and then say amen. And then so, say amen. <laughs> so we pray. And you get the credit. Jesus is going to give you the credit, mama. Yeah. That's right. So we pray, and then I, 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 get, I get lost in the prayer, and I forget what we're even praying about. And I step back on that bad foot, but it's not a bad foot anymore. It's oh, completely dear, healed, all oh, pain wow. gone, swelling gone. I'm jumping right. up and down on it. She's like, are you kidding? I was like, nope. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that was one miracle. And then I go to work, and uh, I'm worshiping God. I have this area in work uh, in the projector room work as we show some movies there. And it's soundproof. So I go up there and I worship my heart out. I call out to God for like 30, 40 minutes, just pouring it out to him. So I'd done that one day and I come out of there just floating and glowing. Like I'm lit. And I go (laughs) and I walk into the break room at work and this guy's having a heart attack. One of my coworkers. And immediately, like I don't call 911. I go straight for the guy. And I say, man, and I just start taking care of it. I said, in the name of Jesus, I command this to stop right now. I command the heart to be healed in Jesus' name. I command all this to go. And within two minutes, he stopped sweating. His heart, his chest stopped hurting. He was completely healed. I gave the guy to the uh, a ride to the bus station that night. He gave his life to Jesus because he got healed. (laughs) You know, that's a good time to to lead him to Jesus when they have an encounter with Jesus. You know. And so Beyond beautiful. Yeah. And then after that, you know, I go um, to Panera Bread and I'm leaving Panera Bread and the Holy Spirit tells me to pray for this lady. And I'm like, man, the car's already running. Like I'm about to back up. And he's like, he just presses in again, pray for this lady. And I'm like, man, what? And so I look up and the lady falls out like literally falls out on the concrete. And I'm like, oh, that lady. (laughs) So I I throw it in the park and I jump out of the car and I run to her. And once again, I don't think about 911. I'm thinking about Jesus. And so I start praying for her and I'm praying, I'm praying, I'm praying life into her. And I say, in the name of Jesus, I rebuke the spirit of death. And her eyes shoot open. It was the freakiest thing I'd ever seen. Her eyes shoot open. And she just says, hug me. And then my heart breaks, and I just, I hug her. And then I get a word of knowledge, and the Holy Spirit tells me that she hasn't eaten in days. So I asked her, her her daughter's with her, and I was like, when's the last time she ate? And her daughter's like, I don't know, Mom, when did you eat last? And her daughter was like, she's at a nursing home, and if she doesn't eat, they just take the plate away, they don't make her eat or whatever. And I was like, well, just feed her something, she'll be okay. And then about that time, the ambulance was showing up, and I left, and stuff like that. And this is going on, like, everywhere you go, I know recently... Um, the school, we were all at the beach. And yeah. tell us that story. That was hilarious. That was wonderful. Like, we were all, hey, Dion, how's it going? Like, we're just getting up. And you were, oh, yeah, I'm just coming back. I've been leading people to Jesus. <laughs> you went and got a donut, right? No. Or, to, Waffle uh, House. Waffle House. I hot. I That's what it was. Yeah. Well, I, I get up early, and everybody was still sleeping. So I was like, man, I'm going to go to IHOP, you know. <laughs> so I go to IHOP, and then I go across the street to Walmart to get some ice. And, um... I noticed this guy out in the parking lot near my car with a dog. And I'm like, man, that's a cute dog, bro. Like, what kind of dog is that? And he was like, oh, it's a blah, 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 blah. And I was like, man, that's so awesome. He's so small. He's cute. And, uh, 
And then I saw his wife come out to the, to the car, so I knew he was about to leave. So I just got, I got real with him real quick. I was like, hey, bro, um, so what's up with you and Jesus? I was like, do you, do you know Jesus? Do you know God? He's like, oh, I went to church once when I was a kid. I was like, hey, you don't know him. <laughs> 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 yeah. So I eventually talked, I talked to him a little bit, and I, I got real with him and said, man, this is what it is, you know. And uh, so I led him to Jesus right there in the parking lot, six thirty a.m. at Walmart, and oh, got man. him saved and everything like that. So, and are you just loving this? What is it like? Tell me, when did your back? Why is it when you're going everywhere, people are getting born again and saved? Are you just you're just feeling the fire still, or help me? Oh, I'm I'm lit. I am literally consumed by God. Like awesome. I am so in love with Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> like I was praying about it that I was worshiping the other day and I was just I was like man Jesus I'm I'm just I in my heart I was just I'm so undone I'm so in love with Jesus like I'm out of control in love with Jesus and I realized in that moment that back then when I fell that those eight months or whatever and I, I was walking and all that stuff where I didn't know Jesus I thought I did I didn't know because if you know him, you love him. And if you love him, you obey him. And it's, <laughs> not, do, yeah. and it's not a chore or a burden. Like, I'm that in love with Jesus now. Like, wow. there's no sin that has any temptation on me. There's there's nothing that has a hold on me because I'm so in love. And I'm looking in the eyes of love. And I'm just so consumed by him day in and day out, every day, from morning to night. I'm thinking about him when I wake up. I think about him Damn. during the day. I think about him when I go to sleep. If I'm lucky, I'll dream about him in the middle of the night. And he's just hmm. my everything. He's my life. He's my existence. He's my heart. He's my best friend. He's my Lord. <laughs> and I realized that I made him my Savior in the beginning, but I hadn't made him my Lord. <laughs> and he is so my Lord now, and he's so my everything. And, like, and I just want to know him more, you know? And Paul said, he said in Philippians, he said, I count all this as rubbish that I might know Christ. Yeah. And that's, wow. that's where my heart is. I just want to know him more. I'm so in love with him that I have to tell everybody. His love is so deep in my heart and so full. I'm so overfilled with his love that I can't help but give it away. Everywhere yeah. I go, his love pours out of me because it's poured so much into me. It's just overflow. I'm not ministering out of, of works. I'm not ministering out of flesh. I'm ministering out of overflow. That his love is coming so much out of my heart that I can't help but give it away because there's just too much of it. Wow. And like I'm just, I'm basically just, <laughs> everywhere I go, I'm like, man. And I, I'm looking, I, I'm just, God just constantly highlights people to me. And I'm, I'm constantly listened, listening to him, looking, I'm looking around, seeing what people need, need, because uh, everybody, for people that want to go pray for people, this is what you need to know. You need to know that everyone, there's, everyone in the world, they have a need. You, you just need to go and you need to talk to them long enough to figure out what that need is, or you need to talk to them long enough for them to get comfortable with you. You just need to be yourself and go up there and just love on them, not going in there with the intention of saving them or saving the world or solving all their problems, but just go in there to love on them and to listen to them. And eventually you'll hear and you'll see what they need. And then you just bring them and you be Jesus in that moment and you bring them what they need and you introduce them to Jesus. You introduce them. There's different, there's different events. There's either you're planting a seed, you're watering a seed, or you're harvesting. And you just got to know what you're doing in that moment. You know, yeah. of course, if it's a word of knowledge or it's a miracle, you're harvesting because they're coming straight out of an encounter with God. That's when you need to hit them and say that God right there is real. You need to make that God your God because they may not get another encounter with God except for that one that you just brought them into. 
So that's mm-hmm. always a harvest moment. And then other times you just plant love and you just love it on people and you may love on them to a point and they're like, I have never met somebody like you. And then you just say, that's because of Jesus in me. Yeah. And you don't have to press it on them. You don't have to throw it on them, but somebody will come back to them a couple of days later, a couple of months later, a couple of years later and do the same thing. And that's they're going to be like, there's something about these Christian people. That's they're helpful. nothing but love. And then that'll be their moment to be harvested. You know, it's not about testimonies. It's not about getting everybody saved and, and just saying, look what I did. It's, it's about love. And it's about loving on these people and just giving them what they, the world can't give them. And that's Jesus. And that's love. Yeah. That's one thing. You can buy well everything said. in the world, but you can't buy Jesus. You can't yeah, buy love. Yeah. You can't do that. But we're, we carry that. He's inside of Come us. On. He's with us, walking hand in hand, day in and day out. And all this stuff is just outflow and a byproduct of being in a relationship with him. And when you're in a relationship with him, you know, that's just how you live. Like, yeah. that's just the natural thing that you do. You know, you just love on people because you're, God is love. And, and love, love conquers all and love wins all. And yeah. love just ends every problem, you know. Yeah, so we just need to be loved. Beautiful. Oh, my goodness. That's beautiful. Thanks. Thank you. We appreciate you. Now, um, tell everybody just really quickly. All of this, these stories that you've been telling us in excellent sequence, you, we are getting just highlights, but you yeah. are in depth. Are you writing a book? I'm writing a book. <laughs> You're writing because a book. I'm writing a book because that covers all the, all this, but it covers so much more. It covers the sin I was in, and it covers the, the lessons that God taught me through this, the seasons, the process. It goes into everything he taught me and um, just the redemption and just the revelation that came to me. And basically how I got from from there to here Great. and everything in between and stuff like that. Of course, we don't have enough time to go through all that in, in this setting. But in the book, I definitely go into depth with all that stuff in, in high detail <laughs> and everything like that. Will you so, keep us up on where you are yeah. with that? And then again, you again, open invitation to come to BA Chats. We just want to hear what Jesus yeah. is doing in you. You look like Jesus, Dion. Oh, yeah. That feels yeah. so good. Thank you yeah. so much. <laughs> so, book of Matthew, Mark, Luke. In Dion. <laughs> <laughs> so should it be. So should it be. Yeah. Really, just open invitation, and we'd love to just hear what's happening with your book, and when it's time, we'd love for you to come back and just tell folks about it. And oh yeah, because you're just you're just writing all the time, right? Are you enjoying the writing? Oh, I I am. I Good. am. It's already in my heart. I have a couple books in my heart already. Just now, it's just putting them down. You know, I have this <laughs> this book. The first one's called uh, Prodigal Son, and it's just about you know basically the prodigal son (laughs) (laughs) coming back redemption coming back coming coming back back. and the next one is going to be called um i don't know if i'm gonna call it the potter's wheel or the king's chalice and that's gonna be a book a book about process and just everything like that so thank you yeah thanks for just walking with the lord and showing him so clearly you really can just see him in you i appreciate him you really do look like him i'm not even just teasing You got, you got his love in his eyes. You really do. Amen. We love yeah. hearing all these testimonies. Um, and you know, it, yeah, I, I love it. It's it, a great opportunity for people that are listening to, like if, if you want to say something about these testimonies or maybe even have a testimony that you want to share, or maybe you heard something from Dion and you want to communicate with us, we have, um, we have a, a, an email address that you can actually email stuff to. It's bachats at BethelAtlanta.com. And absolutely so, show yeah. uh, like let us know because let there's just know. no way that you can share um, what you shared tonight, Dion, and folks just not be lit up. You know what? Fire catches. Yes. Who it does. was it? Who said? 
who said um, just light on fire and let people watch you burn? Was it Hagen? Who was that? If you if you're on fire, somebody will come to watch you burn. Yeah, I remember hearing that. Was I, can't that remember, I can't remember who said that. I think Uncle, someone yeah. I think Uncle Andy says that all. Yeah, it was somebody he wonderful. Says wonderful, that. wonderful. Maybe Wigglesworth. Who knows? I mean, it could have been. Yeah. <laughs> it gets all mixed yeah. up. One of these wonderful people. I am. I'm. I'm literally on fire. I'm lit. You, I'm lit. I'm lit. You, you are lit. <laughs> you see me now. Imagine two years from now. It only gets worse. Yeah. <laughs> really? I will soon be out of control. <laughs> really, really. Bless you, Dion. Thanks again for coming. We so appreciate you. Just you. You bless us. Yep. Yeah. Well, I think this is definitely just. Um, calling for part two. Totally. <laughs> we'll do it again. Part two of Dion DeMola. Yep. <laughs> well, thank you so much for listening to BA Chats. We love you people. And don't forget to send in your testimonies, really. This is how that works. Everything he's been saying, it's an invitation. That's an invitation. Jesus, come and do this in me. What yeah. Jesus has done in Dion, that's what Jesus does in folks. <laughs> yeah. So, so invite him to come and do the same thing in you. Yeah, Dion, thanks so much for coming. Can't wait to have you back today. Thank you. Hey, thanks for tuning in to BA Chats. We'll catch you next time. Just remember that Jesus loves you. We love you too.